Welcome to the Zenov podcast. You are listening to our business resilience series where we bring to you conversations with eminent industry stalwarts and thought leaders from across the globe as they share their insights on overcoming challenges and the mindset that helps them navigate through journeys of crisis resilience and growth. Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of the Zenov podcast. I am Praveen Badada, managing partner at Zenov and your host for today. We are now in the new normal, new lifestyle, new workplace, new expectations. The role that technology has been playing in helping us ease into this new normal has been unprecedented. Today, we will be talking about one such key technology that has been at the forefront of driving rapid digital transformation. This is automation. At Zenov, we have been on a mission to demystify and simplify the automation space. And as part of this effort, we recently released our hyper-intelligent automation landscape report 2020 jointly with the leader in the automation space, which is UiPath. Today, I have the pleasure of hosting Diego Lumento, VP of Product Marketing at UiPath, to discuss the various aspects of automation from the lens of current business scenario. Welcome to the Zenov podcast, Diego. Thank you, Praveen. It's a pleasure to be here with you today and I'm looking forward to the conversation. Great, so let's just dive right in. First of all, uh, congratulations on attaining the DecaCon uh, status, Diego. It's really uh, $10 billion of valuation for your company. Uh, Truly has been a fascinating journey for UiPath uh, specifically, you know, starting from very humble beginnings in Eastern Europe to now achieving this level of success across the world. I would get started with this, right? What do you think UiPath has done differently to create such a globally distributed business? Yeah, uh, sure. And and thank you. Um, it's It's been quite uh, a journey uh, the last couple of years at UiPath. Um, you know, when I joined, um, I joined because I was uh, fascinated by the technology um, and I saw the impact it was having on our, you know, within our customers, uh, both for their employees, for their, their customers, and just in general, how it's help, helping them transform and accelerate their digital transformation. And so we had an idea that this thing was big and, and certainly from the, you know, it was growing fast um, even back, back then. Uh, but it's it's been interesting to, to be along on this ride and truly see um, how impactful it's been to, to our customers. You know, I think the foundation of, of, you know, what's driven this type of growth is, as I just said, the value it provides. It's It's real. It's true. It's it's uh, it's faster time to value than a lot of uh, the other ways of automating, um, and I'm sure we'll talk about some of the differences between the UI approach to automation versus maybe some of the more legacy approaches. But it, it's been a you know it, it provides value. So I think starting with you know what can you do, um, how do you how do you how do you you know replicate or what what could what have we learned from from some of our successes is the foundational technology, the core value it provides is just off the charts, and, and that's where it all starts. If you don't have that, you know. Nothing really else matters. It's it's hard to to, to win with um without you know really proving the value. Um, as far as us specifically, we were very intentional about our growth into our second and third acts. Um, we thought a lot about you know what's going to happen as we pass you know reach this milestone or or or, or cross this barrier. And what's you know what do we where do we need to be next year and the year after that and the year after that. 
Um, and so we, we thought long term while we were executing short term, um, we made some mistakes. Um, you know, there, there's been no shortage of some of the critics and, and, and we've done things, um, sometimes imperfectly, but we were comfortable making those mistakes. Uh, I think, I think the foundation comes from thinking about, uh, thinking about the long term and building a scaleship, uh, scalable, uh, system of leadership. You know, we have some core values of, you know, being bold, immersed, moving fast, um, but while doing it humbly. And we did that. Um, we were intentional in, in the type of people we hired uh, to, to, to do that. So we, we brought in people. We, we, we quickly realized we needed people who have done this at scale. Um, we brought them in. And then we, we matched our you know, internal values uh, and the way we ran the business and the technology that we've you know, developed to a external value framework, which we believe, you know, every, you talk to anyone at UiPath and, and we all feel like we're, you know, we're, we're trying to help move society forward um, and help society, uh, you know, which is counterintuitive sometimes with the automation story, but we, we truly feel that, that, that we're building a technology that's going to help people in the long run um, do more interesting work. And, and that, that's the type of people would hire. And so the, when you hire people like that, you know, they don't complain about hours and, and, you know, we, we try to, you know, provide good work-life balance, but you, you, we found, we find special people who are mission-driven. And I think that's really the core of, of, of the success, you know, scalable leadership, mission-driven people, um, and then being focused on our, our, our mission and our goal um, is, is, is kind of what it comes down to. Excellent. So what you're saying is, uh, of course, there's a people side of the story. There's a go-to-market and opportunity side of the story. Uh, there's, of course, technology side of the story. I would also think that there's a lot of sort of value in terms of the ideation of the market itself, right? And which is where my second question is, uh, Diego, right? If I look at UiPath, um, you guys, at least in terms of product innovations, have been at the forefront of everything. You have been uh, innovating at a pace that no one is uh, able to match up to, right? How do you uh, manage to stay ahead of the market all the time, right? Uh, what's the uh, recipe behind that? I think when, you, when it comes to innovation strategy, um, there's a lot of forces that pull at you in terms of, you know, what you can do, right? You, you have market forces, you have investors, you have, you know, you have the analysts like you guys, you know, helping, in, helping us understand what you're seeing. And then, you know, you have the customers, right? And quite frankly, the most important voice in our innovation strategy is uh, working with the customers to understand where, where they're going. And I know that's, you know, everyone says that um, and it's, 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 you know, mostly because it's right and, and it's an easy thing to say, but it's, it's really in the fabric of the company and it's generated by our founding story, you know, by our founder, Daniel Dinez. He was, he was building a, a good business, a good technology with UiPath, uh, you know, several years ago, but had, we had no idea. He had no idea, you know, what the scale of impact was until he got a call from a customer, um, in India who, you know, wanted to show him what they were using their, our, core automation technology for, which was at the time, mostly screen scraping type of, of stuff. And he went to India, spent three months with that customer to really understand what they were trying to do. And then what came back and built uh, a product to help them solve that problem because he saw, wow, this is a real challenge they have getting data from multiple sources where there's no API. And I can build the, you know, they had a Obviously, the core team had a talent in, in developing that type of um, UI-driven uh, extraction of data. And we could do this pretty well, but the customers are not just looking to you know, scrape this data and 
put it in a spreadsheet. They're trying to move it between different systems. That's interesting. You know, so he learned that from spending time with the customer and, sh- and seeing how they were trying to use our product. And that's where the idea for the, you know, the core RPA platform came from. And we've continued that level of, you know, customer driven innovation throughout, throughout the life, the life of our company. You know, we have customer and product advisory boards. Our forum is, you know, active. 40,000 plus people are, are in there every, every month, you know, providing uh, feedback. They're telling us what they love, what they don't love. They're telling us what they want. Um, we have insider preview programs. Studio X, which we released a couple of months ago, even before we, we released it to the general public during our beta program, we, you know, collected nearly 100 um, pieces of feedback from customers that were in the early beta that made its way into the product. So it's really... Uh, you know, harping on a little of this idea of customer generation, but it, 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 you know, focusing on that and emphasizing how important that is has made all our product managers and our engineers really, really um, receptive and open to to hearing what customers say. So that that's what drives the innovation. It's it's a pretty simple formula. It's just hard to to stick to when you have a lot of forces coming at you. Got it. So talking about customers a little bit more, uh, Diego, I think historically automation, at least in the last uh, three to five years, automation has been evolving as a uh, integral core priority of enterprises and early part of this year then covid related pandemic happened so i'm curious to know you know what has this period uh, taught a company like uipath how are the uh, changing priorities of customers uh, forcing you to reimagine your roadmap uh, from a product innovation standpoint yeah it's a it's a great question and and you know we live in interesting times right you know we didn't know what to expect obviously like no one else uh saw this coming and you know like every other company we thought wow okay you know in march time frame things are starting to shut down what does this mean we were you know concerned like everyone else and you know very quickly our customers were all in mass turning to us and saying i need to ramp up what i'm doing here because you know, people are, are not, fo- you know, people, people are right now focusing on moving from offices to uh, working at home. Um, we're struggling with paper processes. Those things are not getting processed. And, you know, one of our customer advisory board members uh, said um, on our last, our last meeting was, you know, anything that was paper-based failed. Anything that was automated kept running. And so they came to us really quickly and said, we, we have just like some really, really core processes that, we have to automate right now. So there were two. There were two two types of things. One, you know, what what do we what do, what resiliency do we need to build into the business right now? Um, we are concerned about business continuity when they were thinking long term, but in the short term they were thinking, okay, I have all these processes that are are failing. How can I automate them as quickly as possible? And that agility has really really taken hold. And that was really the early days of, of the pandemic. So I, I think it shifted from. Okay, we want to optimize our business. We want to take cost out where we can. We want to improve the employee and customer experience. This is what we were hearing a lot the last, you know, couple of years and drove the the growth. The the idea of continuity and, and agility have completely um, taken over our customers' mindsets right now. And fortunately, automation is a, a really good um, technology to help to help help with that. Interesting. So let's uh, talk a little bit um, uh, outside UI path and uh, in the broader market space, right? I think automation uh, and based on the report that we jointly did, uh, Diego, uh, we know that the addressable market is pretty huge. Uh, I think we're looking at about uh, $65 billion worth of addressable market for this technology. 
And uh, clearly, you know, everyone in the market space is looking at that opportunity and, um, you know, provide the right solutions to participate in that opportunity. Uh, bottom line, I think the competition in this space, um, you know, from a technology standpoint is uh, increasing rapidly. And we have started seeing companies like Microsoft, IBM, some of the largest uh, technology brands uh, starting to focus on this, right? How, what is your uh, view of the market, right? Uh, what, what do you think is going to happen as more and more of these players, uh, you know, start looking at this opportunity in a more serious way? Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a great question, and and obviously we think about that a lot. Like you said, with a TAM, with a you know a total addressable market of the size that you mentioned, there's it, it, just no doubt that everyone's going to get involved. And they, and and we knew, we you know we saw that we know we know that and we see it coming. We saw it, we've seen it coming for a long time. Um, we're we're happy to we're happy to actually see it happening because it validates the power of of RPA and automation. Um, I think it's going to be great for the customers because as you know as pure fundamental economic uh, theory shows competitiveness in a market leads to greater innovation um, and and better solutions for the end customer so it's forcing everyone to be you know even more customer dr- driven even more innovative and we're good with that because that's our you know as we said earlier in in, in, in the podcast that's our sweet spot. We we're you know we're a, a, a engineering driven company. We're a customer focused company. We believe the race is around innovation, and we feel good about you know being in a in an innovation battle. Got it. So um, taking your idea of the innovation battle further, uh, Diego. Uh, one of the questions I had was uh, in terms of predicting the future. What do you think is the future of automation? What are we looking at uh, in the next? A sort of three to five years time frame uh, in terms of the global landscape uh, with respect to automation. Yeah, um, I, it's, a, it's another great question. I, you know, I think you guys really define it well. You know, with the hyper intelligent automation framework that you have, um, it is way less about point solution around um, you know RPA and more about an end to end solution that takes a automation. You know, through the entire life cycle of, you know, determining what to automate, the best tools to actually build the automations, the best, the best interfaces and engagement models for the end users to work with automation, the best ways to optimize the business, um, between analytics and understanding, you know, uh, the value and the impact of automation. So I think this, this, you know, life cycle is, is, we've seen it, um, since we've, since we started talking about the life cycle. It's been an accelerator for our business, and our customers are really, really embracing that. So that, I think that's the you know the first big wave that we should be watching for. I think the idea of um, citizen development and low code that's that's massive. You know, we we see when a customer starts their journey, they're typically doing it from a top down approach, centralized. Um, you know, the COE is picking what to automate, and when they get the end user starting to work with automation and give the end user the ability to make suggestions on what to automate. We see this flywheel develop, right? Which is amazing and really starts to drive more ideas into the center of excellence. But then when you supplement that with the ability for, you know, the more technically savvy users like this, you know, we call them citizen developers to build their own automations. We see this flywheel explode and we see, you know, so then all of a sudden you have, you know, a couple percentage of the company who are building their own automations. And then the COE is picking up on those and saying, well, 
that's a really interesting automation there that you built to manage your calendar or whatever it is, or, you know, go up and, and look, look for, you know, this data that you're, that you're, you need to do every day in your job. Um, we want to distribute that across the whole company. Uh, and then that makes that flywheel spin even faster. So I think enabling citizen development, enabling low code, making it easier and easier to build work task automations and business applications is going to be a huge, um, way forward. And then I, I think also um, the continued investments in AI-powered um, automation. We are seeing a- AI creep into the platform in subtle ways, but really powerful ways like intelligent document processing, like being able to bring decision models to a robot in the midst of a workflow when they have to make a decision. And that's going to become increasingly more important as the low-hanging fruit of automation. Um, you know, it's kind of automated already. There, Our customers are looking for, well, how can we automate these more complex types of processes? And that's where AI will come into play. So I think those are kind of the three big the big areas. Um, hyper-automation, you know, this hyper-intelligent automation framework, citizen development, low-code, and AI-powered automation. Got it. So uh, what is what will be your advice to customers who continue to be on the fence with respect to automation decisions? And by the way, our report found out that 25% of the largest of large global enterprises are still undecided, right? So w- what's your recommendation to them? Yeah, yeah. I think you just test it out. That's the beauty of it. It's it's pretty pretty easy to get started. Us and all the other vendors make it you know, easy to, to, to download and, and try. Um, that's been our kind of core ethos is we want everyone, we want to democratize it. So, you know, free download, free training. Our academy is, is free, always will be. Start small, find a, find a use case. You don't have to make a big investment in it. Um, give it to someone in the line of business, get them to automate something that is a, a clear bottleneck. And we can, you know, we, we can help. We have all kinds of guides on what processes to pick and, you know, you can find that on, on our website. Um, but, but, but just try it out. You're not going to have to invest a lot to do a pilot. And then, you know, you'll, you'll see if the ROI makes sense to you or not. Quite often it does. And, and, you know, it just takes off from there, but you don't have, you know, that's the beauty of it. You don't have to invest, you know, gigantic, a gigantic sum to see if there's any value. You can really just get, get started and try it. And, and that's what, that's, that's what the pioneers did. And so that's, that's what I would suggest. Great. Perfect. Um, well, thank you so much, uh, Diego, for your time and sharing uh, those insights with us. And uh, of course, thank you to our audience for tuning in to this episode of Zenoff Podcast. Uh, do keep an eye on this space as we are not uh, stopping with our efforts uh, to make automation scalable and accessible. And of course, uh, in partnership with UiPath, we have recently launched our landscape report. So uh, please feel free to write to us and uh, we'll be happy to share a free copy Uh, of the report and hopefully that'll enable you to just get started thank you so much uh, diego and thank you everyone for for tuning in thanks for being thank you all thank you for listening to this episode of zinov's business resilience series stay tuned for more such interesting episodes and subscribe to our podcast on google podcast apple podcasts spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from To know more about Zenov and if you believe we can help with your problems, please visit our website www.zenov.com or drop us a note at info at Thank you again and don't forget to tune in to our next episode.